Welcome everybody to Bucky's Fifth Podcast here at Beer Rock 2911 North Sherman Avenue here on the north side of Madison. I am Jay Kokorowski. We are having a lot of fun here tonight and we got a lot to get into. Uh, By the way, Beer Rock tomorrow becomes Moe's. You guys have seen co-owner Brian Caribou on the radio, on TV, whatnot. I'm excited. I'm going to try to bring the kids down here to take a look at that. So uh, make sure you guys take, you know, come on down 2911 North Sherman Avenue, Beer Rock. uh, And it'll be a lot of fun, not just tomorrow night on Halloween, but also uh, throughout the year. Great stuff here. 24 beers, everything, you, you name it. Great food. I'm looking forward to that caramel apple beer rock if they still have some available later tonight. And I am now here. Uh, we are, we're going to take a break from football here at the live podcast here at, at Beer Rock for Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We'll probably do a football podcast later this week uh, to preview Rutgers, kind of talk about what exactly has happened with Wisconsin football over the past, uh, you know, eight games and, and whatnot. And, and, and we'll have Owen Reese, our writer, kind of breaking down in, in a series of pieces about recruiting, what's on offense and defense, and, and looking ahead too. So, uh, again, I'm Jake Okorowski, and we are joined. I'm excited to bring him on. And uh, we had from the Wisconsin State Journal Jason Galloway just a few weeks ago. And now we're talking basketball. Starts Friday night with an exhibition game against UW Oshkosh. The Cancer Awareness Game is on BTN Plus, 7 p.m. But for the 2018-2019 Wisconsin Badgers, we have Jim Polzine here from the Wisconsin State Journal. Jim, thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And, it's, you know, this is fun. Now, real quick, like how long have you been covering the team and, and how long have you been covering Wisconsin sports altogether? Wow. So I think I always judge my arrival on the basketball beat by the arrival of Frank Kaminsky in that recruiting class. That was, <laughs> he was a freshman when I came on. So I guess this is my seventh season on the basketball uh-huh. beat. Um, I've been covering W Sports on and off since I got out of college in uh, 98. So I guess 20 years now. Um, took a little break. Covered the Packers in 2010. But uh, I've been bouncing around football, basketball, um, covered some hockey a little bit, some non-revenue sports, so two decades. That's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say. I Tell mean, me about it. I was going to say, I mean, a good year to cover the Packers that year. Uh, yeah, some people might say I was their lucky charm. <laughs> I might say that. Awesome. And, you know, it, it's, it's great having you on, and, and you've, you've been great, you know, especially with me beating on the be- being on the beat and just learning Badger stuff. I've always appreciated your insights and, you know, and whatnot and, and just helping me along the way. I think, I think the first time I met you was 2013 in fall camp watching. It was Gary Anderson's first year, and just oh, wow. it was you, me, Tom Mulhern, I think John Veldheis were all kind of, like, scattered together. Maybe Jesse Temple was in there, all just sitting there talking, uh, figuring out, and it, it's crazy how time flies. Yeah, it's five years already. That's crazy. I mean, to, oh, yeah. to think about how Gary Anderson was just getting here five years ago, and wow, yeah, it's gone fast. Oh, no, I know. And then you got two head coaches and just yeah. tons. It's amazing how fast uh, time flies. But, you know, looking back and talking about time, last year, you know, Wisconsin was a 15 and 18, three games under 500, missed the NCAA tournament for the first time in 19 some, some odd years, and obviously injuries at the guard position you had. But you know, Brad Davison also playing with one arm. What were some of the big takeaways you had from last season heading in, you know, and then just maybe some things maybe that you, you learned or experienced from them, but also maybe what the players, what you saw out of them? I think the shame in last season was that we never really got to see um, the starting product. We never got to see the completed version of it because they lost Kobe King and Demetri Trice so early in the season. So a young team that was 
we knew would probably have some growing pains, never really got the chance to grow together because two really key pieces in the rotation got knocked out early and that kind of caused everything else to scramble. Um, you were playing guys a lot of minutes that normally typically wouldn't have played. And, and so, you know, it was just kind of a scramble from the start. Now, having said that, um, before the injuries even happened, this was a team that was struggling. They lost some really close games early. Um, I think in retrospect, played too difficult of a schedule uh, for, for how young yeah. it was. But that's something that they really couldn't control. I mean, most of those games are set far in advance. Absolutely. Um, a couple of them, you know, at Virginia and the home game against Xavier, they have no say over who they're going to play because those are conference alignment games. Uh, so they took some they took some lumps. They lost some close games early in the year, and I think you know I think they messed with their confidence a little bit. You know, if you win yeah. if you win that Xavier game at home, or if you beat Baylor, or and or UCLA in Kansas City in that tournament last year, does the complexion of the season change? I mean, is this team a little bit more confident? And um, and certainly their resume would have been better heading yeah. late in the season, and maybe you're on the bubble instead of being uh, in, you know in need of a. Big Ten tournament win to even qualify for the tournament. So, I mean, I guess, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the biggest takeaway for me was just that we never really got to see this team develop like we usually do because of the yeah. injuries. Yeah, and, and you mean, I remember that Xavier game being so close where you had, you know. They led, yeah, yeah, yeah led, led by two late in the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, they you know, Xavier turned it on. And credit to them for that matter, but, you know, as a young team, uh, there's so many close games. You know, they turned it on. You know, even you know they, they started getting the momentum last year, where you know obviously Purdue and Frank Kaminsky night, which was a big win, and you know playing Michigan State tough twice in a row uh, and whatnot. So it's really you know I I think there's a lot of optimism for this year going ahead. But you know and maybe that goes into heading into now uh, this this group. I mean, where do you feel like the, the players? Where do you feel the biggest improvements will come from this year's squad? I mean, it returns, what, almost 90, 94% of its scoring. Yeah. So you have Ethan Happ returning. You have Demetric Trice and Kobe King, you know, what, injured last year, healthy. Brad Davidson's fully healthy. And then you also have a guy like Nate Reavers getting bigger uh, and strong, you know, and stronger. And you, know, you also have other returners there. But where do you feel you know, the biggest improvements will come from. Yeah, I think individually, um, if you look at a couple individuals who I really am curious to see if they make the next step, and you mentioned Reavers, and he's probably number one on my list. Um, was going to redshirt last season because he just wasn't physically ready, but uh, they needed him to be ready because some of the upperclassmen uh, front court guys just weren't giving them what they needed, so they threw Reavers in the mix. They like how he competes. They like uh, he's got some offensive skills that, that would work well in the system. Um, but just physically got pushed around at times and, and admitted it so, admitted as much. You know, he just, you know, he, he was giving away 20, 30 pounds any given night to guys, and that's just not going to work on the post, right? right? I mean, it's going to be tough on both ends of the court um, becoming an offensive presence and becoming a defensive presence. So I think he tried really hard. I think you could see, you know, personally, I could see that the talent's there, but he's a guy that needed some time in the weight room. And, and to his credit, really went out and did it. I mean, gained 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, he looks like a different guy. I mean, we just you, when you look at him, just he, he, you know, it's you can see he looks like a more mature, more physical player. So that's the one guy I really want to see, um, you know, see how much that strength and weight helps out. Another guy in that same mold is Aleem Ford, um, who you know the Ford position was kind of a revolving door a little bit last season with Reavers yeah. and and Aleem Ford and and even before that, uh, you know, Alex Ilakanen, Andy Van Vliet, those guys were all in the mix. Um, Liam Ford needed to put on weight and to be able to physically compete, and he did. He looks like a different guy. He's you know much thicker, 
Um, so I, I think they're going to get a lot more out of the four position, which, you know, in turn takes pres takes pressure off of Ethan Hab. You know, he needs yeah. some guys around him that can contribute and be complementary pieces, and, and I think he's got a couple this year. I know. It's, it, I'm I'm intrigued to see with improvements. You know. You mentioned Reavers. I know it was just one play in the red-white scrimmage, but he goes out and, you know, he has that nice little fadeaway against Hap. I think it was an and-one opportunity after that. And you kind of saw that and being a little bit more physical there. Uh, I'm wondering how Khalil Iverson kind of improves on, on that set where if he – I mean, he had, again, one play in the scrimmage, but he hit kind of a fadeaway jumper. And yeah. Everyone went, oh, like if he can hit those. Now, he was bad – you know, he was not great from three-point range to say the least last year. Didn't make a single one. No, exactly. <laughs> and I was we, we, every time he shot one, I, I didn't say – you know, it was just one of those things where you're just like, oh, you know, but – he, you know, if he can shoot a little bit more, and he grabbed down, I think it was like a team-high 11 rebounds in that scrimmage alone. If he can continue that rebounding presence with Hap, I mean, I think that could be big for him going in, you know, with the senior year already. So, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how time flew, flew back for him. Right, and he's a guy that's always given him a little bit of the um, the other stuff, right? He's a right. great defensive player, probably their, their um, best perimeter defensive player, and yet he can guard the four because he's physical enough, big enough to do that. Um, Good passer, great jumper, obviously. We know his athleticism. Um, I think he did a little bit better job finishing around the rim last year, which was key. Uh, you mentioned the shot, and I think, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a three-point shooter or that they're ever going to ask him to do so, but right. if he can hit the 15 to 18-foot um, jumper once in a while, and again, that t keeps defenses from sagging in on Hap. I mean, Hap's going to get doubled and sometimes triple team no matter what. Right. But if they can make him pay for that by, you know, making the mid-range jumpers, and spreading out the floor. I mean, the, the offense is so much, no matter what you run, is about spreading the floor and creating space, and, and they really need to do that around Ethan Happ. And I think I, I'm, I'm anxious to see where Khalil Iverson's offensive game has gone since March. Yeah, and we're talking about here with Jim Polzine here at Beer Rock 2911 North Sherman Avenue here in Madison for Bucky's fifth podcast, previewing Wisconsin men's basketball for 2018-2019 season. And we talked about, you, talk, you know, some of the older guys like, like Iverson, uh, we've talked about Nate Reavers already, but, you know, looking at the guard position and, and the, you know, youth, at least for Kobe King, he's going to be a redshirt freshman, Demetric Trice, both had the medical redshirts, kind of, the waivers kind of cleared already, and they get the extra year back of eligibility. But, you know, last year, you know, we talked about, you mentioned about the, the incompleteness earlier about the season and how, you know, you wanted to see things through at, before the, you know, after, basically if the injuries didn't happen, what would happen? How do you think their returns will influence this team? I know Greg Gard mentioned in that media day press conference uh, a couple of weeks, Wednesdays ago, that I think he mentioned it was a three-level scorer for Kobe King, and that could change. I know he's still working his way back, and maybe he mentioned during media day he's not necessarily 100% per se, but how could those two really influence, uh, you know, not just the guard position, which could be extremely deep, right. uh, especially with Trevor Anderson, uh, but, you know, and then even Ty Strickland potentially. We'll get to those two a little later, but how do you feel that they could influence this team moving forward? Well, let's just lump them together for a second. Right. When, when they lost both those guys last year, all of a sudden it changes the dynamic. You, have, um, you go down to basically two scholarship guards. Um, Brad Davison's got to shift over from the two spot to the one spot. And really, for a true freshman, it's a, it's a lot. It was a lot to handle. He's their best defensive, or one of their best defensive players. He's chasing around the, the best shooter on the other team. And then he's also running the offense. So that's just, it was a lot of pressure on Brad. Oh, and by the way, he did it with one shoulder, you know, it's just, <laughs> it was a lot there. So Brevin Pritzel, that meant more minutes for him. And, and it just, it, it, it kind of stripped Greg Gard of his ability to 
use different lineups. You know, you couldn't use three guard lineups because you really only right. had two. You know, yeah. And so I think that's going to be one change. Just the fact that they're both here this year is going to give Greg Gard more options. And then let's let's look at this from an individual standpoint. Dimitri Trice um, is their most experienced point guard, and and he's a guy that they really were counting on to be that number two scorer behind Ethan Happ last year. And and so I'm I'm anxious to see, you know his development, where he's gonna where he's gonna become a leader and, and, and really he's another guy that, you know, by all accounts did a lot in the off season to help himself become stronger, become more athletic and, and maybe more explosive. So I'm 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 anxious to see as I'm you know, I'm curious to see where he goes from here. Kobe is a, a little different guy than they've than they've had and than they have. Um, you can you can play the two three spot. You can guard the one, two, three, four spot. Uh, and I think that's so big. I mean, defensive flexibility these days is huge because it gives you the option of, of switching on screens, and, and Kobe can guard multiple guys, and um, I think he's going to be on the floor a lot. I think you're going to see a lot more three-guard lineups this year. Yeah. I think you might see some four-guard lineups at times. I really do. I think the option of having a, a Trice, Davison, um, King, and Pritzel maybe on the floor surrounding Ethan Happ, uh, I think yeah. that's, that's something that Greg Gard will play around with because you can have four shooters surrounding Ethan Happ. So... Uh, you know, I'm anxious to see kind of the dynamic of, of those two being back and what that allows Greg Gard to do. Yeah, and, and talking about Davison with two arms, he's going to be better than Brad Davison with just one arm, right? I mean, right. you saw what he did against, you know, he said that he's still working back on the strength. He said that during media day. But you saw what he did in the, the red-white scrimmage too. Again, just one glorified practice, but he was there on both ends, I thought. And he, he could shoot. He could also go inside a little bit more. Just how... What do you expect from him this season where, you know, he's going to be – you hope that he's going to be healthy uh, for, for the team's perspective, but, you know, what, what could he do? I mean, he already showed so much what he could do with just being injured and having to pop in that socket. You know, yeah. I always made jokes about the holy grail and the, just a flesh wound and right. pops it back up. But, like, how, how good do you think he could be? How much progression now fully healthy could he make in his second year? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think being healthy is huge. And also the just playing the two spot more will be yeah. huge. I think, it, you know, I think, they'll, I think they'll run a lot more stuff for him. You know, I think he'll come around screens and, and they'll, they'll work some offensive sets and schemes just, you know, to get him the ball and get him in scoring positions. Um, which I think will be big. I think that is another thing that will take more pressure off of Ethan Happ. And, you know, Brad Davidson shot 35.5, I think, percent last year from three-point range. I think that number is going to jump. I really do. I think he could be a 40% three-point shooter. Wow. Um, and just in talking to people that, you know, I talked to his AAU coach a couple weeks ago for a story I'm working on, and um, he's, he thought he was one of the better shooters he's ever seen. Um, and I think we were a little bit robbed of that last year, even though, it wasn't his shooting shoulder per se that was injured. It was his left shoulder, his off shoulder. Um, he still had to wear that brace, and I think that was restrictive and kind of made him adjust his shot a little bit. And um, so I think we're going to see a, a better shooter this year, and I think that's going to be big for this team. How much is that? Uh, as a quick follow, before we get to, we're going to play the Brad Davison inter, uh, media day interview that he had with the reporters in just a couple of minutes, but. How much do you think that affects it, having that brace and, and seeing a shot altered like that? Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I think it affects all movement. I, 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 think, I think it affected him on the defensive end. He couldn't reach for steals with his yeah. left hand. He couldn't drive to his left, you yeah. know, Absolutely. because he just didn't trust his left hand. And there was, you know, there was pain and strength and, and, and lack of strength there. So I think, um, I, I just think we're going to see a different, you know, we're going to see the normal freshman to sophomore jump anyways. Um, but I think we're going to see a different guy. I'm, you know, he averaged 12 points last year. I'm not sure that number is going to, jump a whole lot you know maybe 13 14 points right. but i think it'll be a more efficient yeah 14 points um like i said i think he's gonna be a better shooter uh you know i i think he 
was worn down by the end of the season. And frankly, I, you know, you understand why he had to play a lot yeah. of minutes and there's a lot of pressure on him. So I just think we'll get, I think he's one of the guys, you know, you asked me early on, like who we're going to see jumps from. Um, I think Brad Davidson's the guy we're going to see a jump from. I think he's just going to be a, a, a better, more efficient player this year. Excellent. And we're here with Jim Polzey in Wisconsin State Journal. We'll be back in just a second. We're going to play this audio from Brad Davidson at Wisconsin Local Media Day back from a couple weeks ago. And here he is now talking about the injury and, and guard depth and, and more here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Eight months down. Uh, feels really good. Uh, full range of motion. Still trying to get full strength back in it just because it was immobilized for a while. Um, you know, I'm extremely happy with it. It feels good. I can move it. I'm really looking forward to getting after it this season with no brace. Did you miss playing basketball without a brace? No. No. I missed basketball. Um, you know, I didn't miss the brace part. Oh, wait. Did I miss basketball without the brace? Yeah. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, you know, I just miss basketball in general. You know, I think there's a lot of things I had to do to adapt and kind of change my game um, in order to kind of still try to be effective. Um, not necessarily with the brace, but just with the shoulder in general. Um, so it feels really good to play basketball again. Um, you know, the way I love to play and the way that I know I can. What is having you, Dimitri, and Kobe be healthy and change the kind of the look of the backcourt now that you're all? Oh, we have a lot more depth. Um, you know, Trevor Anderson as well. You know, he's going to be a great player for us. Um, we just have more depth. You know, I think the biggest thing in, in practice, it raises the competition level. You know, in every drill, and every scrimmage, you, know, you have someone that's pushing you. Um, that's one thing that coach stresses. And then when you get into games, um, you know, I think last year a problem was our depth. We didn't have a whole lot just with all the injuries. Um, you know, it's a good problem to have. I think last year coach was trying to find guys for minutes, and this year we got to find minutes for guys because we have a lot of guys that can play at a high level. Um, and so that's huge for us. We're really excited about that, um, especially in our league and as we go through the season. Uh, that would be a big advantage for our team. How much will you use last year as motivation and not making the NCAA tournament? You did finish strong, but uh, how will you use that this year? Just add more fuel to the fire. You know, I think we have a sour taste in our mouth. You know, it's the players, the coaches, the fan base. Um, we have a lot to prove this year. You know, like I said, we said before, um, you know, missing the tournament, being the first team to do that, gives us an extra fuel that a lot of teams in the Wisconsin program haven't had. Um, so it gives us an opportunity, opportunity to do something more special. People saw how great you were on the court with the brace. Uh, what kind of what kind of player will you be without it? I mean, how much improvement do you think? people will see from you? Um, you know, first and foremost, I just know that they're going to get guys and go hard every play and not take anything for granted. I mean, I think it kind of made me appreciate the little things in basketball a lot more. Um, so they're going to see a player that goes as hard as he can every play, um, works extremely hard and tries to do as much as he can to help his team be successful. Um, defensively, it just gives me a lot more um, freedom to use it, go up for rebounds, um, try to get more deflections and steals. Um, and then offensively, just adds me kind of another dynamic where I can get to the rim going left um, a lot more comfortably and a lot more confidently. Um, but first and foremost, I can just go out there and play as hard as I can with no restrictions and not have to worry about that. I see Brevin's wearing a uh, Brewers shirt. I, I assume you're a Twins fan. So, but but uh, what do you think of that? I have that told style? them I'm officially on the Brewers bandwagon, and I'll just say it. I'm not a big baseball guy. Um, I played till eighth grade. Never really been a Twins fan. I was kind of just... It wasn't, it wasn't really me. I was a football, basketball guy. Um, but I will gladly say I'm on the Brewers bandwagon if everyone will accept me. So my lot, the locker well, room's accepted me. Um, but, you know, I've watched, the, I've watched all these games. Um, it's really exciting to watch. And it's really cool to see the energy kind of around the team. So it's um, fun to, I guess, kind of be a part of. Is there anybody in, on the team that can beat you in a game of horse one-on-one? No. No, I can't say that on camera. Nope. <laughs> Can't give out anyone the satisfaction. What have you seen from Kobe and Demetri coming back? Uh, you know, 
You know, lots of improvement. You know, I think at first it was kind of they had that physical barrier of getting used to being back, and then there's that mental barrier. Um, and then once you get past those, they just made huge strides each and every practice. You know, I thought Kobe did really well today. Dimitri had a really good practice yesterday. Um, so that's going to go a long ways for our team. So we're really excited about that. Um, and again, I think the biggest thing is just to be confidence, getting comfortable, getting back out there on the floor, um, and just, you know, getting comfortable playing with one another again. How do you anticipate, you know, you mentioned depth, mm-hmm. you being used oh, yeah. You know, work at the point yesterday, mm-hmm. last year, but like, how do you foresee yourself, or how have you been used so far throughout the practices? I mean, I've kind of just been used wherever Coach Card wants me. You know, we haven't really split up into scout team and normal team, really done a lot of that. Um, but you know, any of the guard positions, Coach Card's kind of just thrown me in there. Um, so I would assume whatever Coach needs, I'll play, um, and I'm fully fine with that. I just want to be on the floor and do anything I can to help my team be successful. Do you think you guys can carry over from last year's team? Is it just chemistry of having played so much together and having taken a step forward really kind of towards the end of last year? Um, yeah, you know, coach, Coach's big thing is momentum. You know, last year it was have a good practice, lead into another good practice, and do a good shoot around and do a good game. That's kind of his mantra. Um, and this year, you know, we finished strong. So we take that momentum, we move into the spring, we move into the summer, move into preseason. Um, so the biggest thing I think just is momentum. You know, you, we see kind of what we had last year and the guys we had and the, our ability to play at the highest level with the top teams in the country who was there. Um, and so I think it just gives us momentum and confidence moving forward with the guys that we have, the more experience. Um, you know, you can look around and see a lot of guys are a lot bigger and a lot stronger, which goes a long ways, especially in this league. Um, so I think just continue that momentum, and we just take confidence. Uh, we know we know where we belong. We know where we're trying to go. And that was Brad Davison, sophomore guard for your Wisconsin Badgers, and talking a couple weeks ago at local media day. I'm Jay Kokorowski here, Jim Polzine, Wisconsin State Journal, here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, live from Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. And just as a reminder, tomorrow, we're going to get this podcast up tonight, actually, once I get home uh, for your viewing. But if you guys are in Madison area, check out what will become Moe's. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I forgot to ask you, Jim, what's your favorite Simpsons character? Yeah, you gave me a you, you told me that you might be asking this, and I still didn't come up with a great answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Bart. Bart, I know, nice. That's probably my... That's probably a, a really generic answer, but no, I'm I, going with that. Yeah, I haven't watched a show in years, so I'm trying to figure out which one as well. And I, I, I Homer, have, you can't go wrong with Homer either. You can't I mean, go wrong with Homer, no. Yeah. No, I feel, like, I feel like Homer a lot of the time at home. Yeah. Uh, my wife's my better half by far. But, <laughs> um, but no, we're continuing here to previewing Wisconsin men's basketball, the 2018-19 season here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And, you know, we talked, you know, we, you heard from Brad Davison. In that guard position, too, you know, you look at that true freshman, and I know they didn't – Tyler Heroes now, obviously, with Kentucky, and they had, you know, Taylor Curry coming on, and then, you know, you have a, a player like Ty Strickland, late addition to the 2018 class, had a chance to talk with him here on the podcast back in the spring uh, after he committed up NBA legacy with his father, Rod. It's only one scrimmage, right? Again, glorified practice, but – I really liked what I saw of him defensively. He seemed aggressive. He seemed like he understood, like, you play defense to get on the court and whatnot. But you also have that loaded back, you know, you know the backcourt with, with the guards. But do you think you could find playing time? How are you feeling about it? I mean, obviously, we'll see how it plays out if you have red shirts or whatnot, uh, you know, depending upon what happens. But do you feel like he has an opportunity to, to find some minutes there? Yeah, he's a little bit different than than they've had, right? I mean, right. like you, you mentioned the defense, and he he's they they mentioned they they said this that what they liked about him back in when they signed him is that he'll get up in you, he'll you know he'll get up and apply some pressure, and he, he likes he likes playing defense, and 
Um, and I think he's a guy that in time can be a slasher too. You know, he likes, he'll drive and, and kick and find his teammates, get in the paint and spend a lot of time there. So I, I like him. Um, I, I don't know how physically ready he is right now. That's right. the one thing that concerns you a little bit. He's, he's you know, thin, um, still kind of growing into his body. So, you know, time will tell. I think the one question mark a little bit is Trevor Anderson um, and his health. He, yeah. he did not participate in the red-white scrimmage. Um, we've been allowed in one practice this year only, and he was not—he was not, he was not um, suited up that day. I know he's—he's he's got a knee injury that he's kind of working through. So you know, I don't know how serious that is. If that'll be something that'll keep him out, um, extended act, extended period, then all of a sudden that changes the dynamic for Ty. I mean, it changes his—you yeah. know—maybe maybe he gets some of those minutes as the eighth or ninth guy, and, and redshirting is no longer an option. So, you know, I'm—I'm I'm curious to see these next these exhibition game, this—you know—next week's opener against Coppin State. You know, where, where Ty Strickland fits in the mix is going to be, um, you know, one of the more interesting storylines really in the season. Yeah, and, you know, when you, when you look at this squad overall and we're looking at maybe an X factor, and, and we've, we've talked, I think, a little bit already, like, in terms of improvements or whatnot, but for this team underneath Gregard, what, what, who could be an X factor? Is there an X factor on the squad, or is there a particular skill set from a particular player that could if it's enhanced, could be a significant difference and, and change some outcomes of games. Yeah, you know, we've, I feel like I had a good answer for this when you sent me the list of questions earlier in the day, and now I don't know that I do. And, and maybe that's because of all the guys we've talked to right. um, earlier you know, in this podcast, there are a lot of guys that could fit into that role, right? I mean, I think yeah. Reavers is a candidate for X Factor. I think um, you know, if he can become an established starter alongside Hap, that's a big deal. Uh, is Kobe King... Can he get back to health? Can he be your, you know, a sixth or seventh guy? You know, that could be an X factor. Demetric Trice, a healthy, um, better Demetric Trice is a difference. You know, it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, Aleem Ford could be a guy if he's better. That so I think the cumulative factor. Um, and one guy we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about, and I feel bad about that, is Brevin Pritzel. Yeah. I, he changed his body tremendously. He lost a lot of weight and then kind of gained back better weight. He's bigger. He's thicker. Um, he has not shot the ball incredibly well since he's been here, but I still think that's in there. I mean, he was in that 2015 class was was the guy. You know, he was the top 100 kid yeah. coming out of high school, out of De Pere. Um So if he can be your sixth man, or even maybe he's a starter at some point, it can give you eight, nine, ten points a game. It can become kind of a three-point threat um, that people have expected about him. I think that's a huge difference. So you know, that's a lot of ifs, but right. I, I think I think if all those things happen, then all of a sudden the outlook on this team changes a little bit absolutely and or a lot of bit frankly i mean <laughs> if all those things happen i think this goes from a team that we're kind of questioning to um you know a, a team that can maybe contend for a big time title absolutely and that, that, that i know we're getting to that oh no yeah oh no yeah. you're 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 almost segue we're almost there just a couple more questions on that i, I mean i think the big one we haven't even talked about necessarily ethan Happ yet and i think that's the big one i mean i'm gonna I'm looking at the men's prospectus just because I forgot to write everything down or actually really even print it. But, uh, I mean, you saw just something, his historic climb and, and just what he's meant to Wisconsin basketball the past few years, uh, even last year's especially, just being that main cog in, in, the, in the lineup. But, uh, and you know the significance of him and just where he stands in, in UW history and points and, you know, rebounds, steals. I mean, last year, how many categories did he actually lead the team in which is i think one of the only players he was the only so. yeah he was the only one to lead in points rebounds assists blocks and steals i mean the five major categories yeah. and he was the only player in the country to do that for his team yeah and i mean when you have that i mean 
where do you think the legacy of Ethan goes and how much of this season do you feel could impact that? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, from a pure statistical standpoint, he's going to end his career top five, unless, you know, barring an injury, he's going to end top five in all those categories, those five categories. Yeah. He's going to be the all-time leading rebounder in a couple of weeks, basically. He's that close to the record. Uh, he's probably going to get up to, you know, if you project it, he's going to get two or three in points. And, and like, top five, like I said, in, in assists and steals and, and, and blocks, um, that's huge. You know, he's going to have his name all over the record books. It's going to be splashed all over the place. Uh, but is he going to be, you know, is he going to be considered in the same um, category as Frank? And I'm not, sure, I'm not sure he will be. We'll see. I mean, the, the difference with Frank is Frank led this team to a Final Four. And that's really the one thing missing from Ethan's legacy to this point is, you know, he's played in a couple of Sweet 16s. Um, he, was a, he was a red shirt on the team that went to the championship game back in 15. But, you know, can he, can he lead a team deep in the tournament and make a deep tournament run? I think that changes everything. If he finishes top five in all those categories and this team goes to the Sweet 16 again or maybe even further, I think that changes completely how you view Ethan Happ. Um, yeah. And not that he should be judged on how well this team right. does, right? I mean, I don't think this team hopes are pinned entirely on him. But, um, you know, when you t start talking about, about Rushmore and that, that phrase has come up a little bit, I think there does need to be a team component to it. And, and, and Ethan Hapsa has some work to do in that category. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how he, the team progresses and the record and, and, you know, looking at the slate of games. I mean, looking at the competition within the Big Ten. I mean, I, I started looking even – I mean, non-conference will be interesting. You and I talked before, uh, during the Davidson interview just about, you know, they go to Xavier uh, for in Cincinnati – NC State at home for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They go to Marquette. Uh, they have a couple conference games in between there, but uh, go to Western Kentucky too. I mean, that's a, West, oh yeah, 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 another good team, another good program. This there. is actually um, sorry to interrupt. This yeah, they'll play eleven non-conference games this year because there's the Big Ten expanded to twenty games. So instead of thirteen non-conferences, down to eleven, and they're actually going to play of those eleven, they'll play more away from home. Oh wow, um, which I don't remember happening. Maybe yeah. in, maybe since. Dick Bennett, that might have happened under okay. Dick Bennett early in his regime, um, but rarely do you see a major conference program play more non-conference games away from home than they do at home, um, and th this team's going to do that this year. Wow. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, when, when you have this conference look like the expectations, I mean, you know, they're finished, you know, from media to pick sixth, uh, you know, the competition within the Big Ten, where do you f see Wisconsin right now? And we, we talked about already if they the X factors, if they hit on a bunch of stuff where – King progresses, Reavers improves year one to year two, uh, et cetera, you know, Brevin, Pritzel, whatnot. But where could Wisconsin find themselves amongst these Big Ten programs, you know, in your opinion? And maybe I know we said the highs of highs and maybe lows of lows, you know, you're, you're still wondering, but where do you find Wisconsin within the mix of the Big Ten? Yeah, I was part of that group of pollsters um, that, that they, you know, they asked to kind of project the league, and I picked them fourth. I just thought that was a comfortable yeah. spot. I think they could finish higher than they could finish lower. And part of it is the Big Ten is really hard to project this year. And, and it is a lot of years. But um, this one seems more jumbled than ever. And, you know, I've got – I even brought some ammunition to back Ooh. up here. Ken Palm, who, you know, is – Oh, yes. Ken Palm is the god of analytics in the, in the, <laughs> in the college basketball world. You know, he – I don't know how he does it, but he basically projects records. And, and right now he's got – Michigan State winning the league with a 13 and 7 record, which oh, is crazy, right? I mean, 13 and 7 doesn't sound great, but he yeah. thinks that's good. you know that projection is that they could win the league with 13 wins and seven losses. Um, he's got basically 10 teams at 10 or 10 and better. I mean, so that that just tells wow. you how you know how jumbled this might be, and how you know if you get a road win in this league this year, 
um, that could take you a long way. So, I, you know, I, I think Wisconsin will finish fourth. That, that was my projection. Projection. I think 12 and 8 sounds like a reasonable um, record, and, you know, we'll see if they can get there. Yeah, and based off of that, that's pretty good, right? Where yeah, 12 and 8, and that's actually, Ken Palm's got them 12 and 8 and tied for second. Wow. So, yeah, okay. and one game out of first place. I mean, that's just, we'll see if that plays yeah. out that way, but I think it could be, the 20-game the schedule dynamic, I think, adds a lot to it. It just makes it more of a truer championship this year. Um, but more of a grind. I mean, yeah. it's always been a grind in this league, and, and you had two more games to the mix, it's going to be even more of a grind. Well, we already talked about a little bit more of the way too early predictions. You kind of let in perfectly with that with the 12-day yeah. conference record. Where do you – do they get back to the promised land of the NCAA? Maybe I, someone mentioned promised land uh, in the local media day, so maybe I won't say promised land, but do they get back to the NCAA tournament, in your opinion, uh, based off of who they're returning and, and possible progressions and development? Uh, that maybe we expect or foresee in the future, uh, and, and where do you lay? Where, how's the layout for you? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they do. I mean, I, I you know, am I 100% confident? No. Uh, Brian was over here asking me, you know, kind of odds and stuff, and I, you know, I'm about 75% confident, 80% confident they'll get back to the tournament. I just think the, uh, presuming they stay healthy, I think they're, I think they've got the pieces, and you know, if I have them going 12 and 8 in the Big Ten, I think there's probably, you know let's say eight and three for the non-conference games. I think there's yeah. some three, probably three games that they, they could lose. Um, so that puts them at, you know, 20 and 11. Maybe, maybe, maybe you get an extra non-conference game there, 21 and 10. I think that's, you know, it's probably good enough for a yeah. six, seven, eight seed somewhere in there. And, and they get back to the NCAA tournament with a chance to maybe make it the second weekend. You know, who knows? I do think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, one of the things that killed them last year was they lost some close games early. And I think that you know, left them, a, their conference a little bit shattered, and B, um, kind of left them feeling like they had to make up for it if they were going to get back in the NCAA tournament picture, and that was too much to overcome. I, you know, you look at that schedule at Xavier the second week of the season. Yes, yeah, so that's a toss-up game. game. Yeah. yeah, and that's a toss-up game. Xavier's got a little bit – they're a little bit in rebuilding mode. Um, I think that's a winnable game. They go down to the Atlantis tournament, the Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. They should beat Stanford in the opener, yeah. and then you get a chance at maybe Florida in the second game. Yeah. I mean, that would be a – Resume win if you can pull it off. If you do pull it off, you might get Virginia in the championship game with another chance to build your resume. Um, we mentioned the at Marquette game. I mean, they open up Big Ten play in late November, which is you know the first yeah. time that's ever happened. Um, at Iowa, that's a, that's a pivotal game to start the season. They you know we we mentioned Marquette in December at Western Kentucky in late December. That's a pretty good program too, yeah. and that's a road game. So we're gonna know pretty early on, I think, you know where this team is and where it. Um, if it if it has ground to make to make up, or if it's in a pretty good position, if you know, if if we get to the flip of the calendar year and this team's got a pretty good resume going, then instead of NCAA tournament, um, are you in or are you out? You start talking about what do you need to do to get a pretty good seed. So, you know, we'll see. I think we're going to know a lot more in about a month. Yeah, and you get to go to the Bahamas then. I do. Yeah, nice. I'm looking forward. I went four years ago. Um, Good trip. I mean, really yeah. interesting place. It's it's a it's a huge place. Um, it's funny they make the this ballroom basically into a gymnasium. They convert this ballroom. So crazy. It's, yeah, it's nuts. And but it's a good tournament. You know, yeah. it's it's a really good tournament. There's um, Florida, Oklahoma, uh, Stanford, and Wisconsin on one end of the on one side of the bracket. The other side is Virginia, Middle Tennessee, Dayton, and Butler. So you know, some pretty oh, good name programs. Absolutely. I would expect four or five of those teams to be in the NCAA tournament come March and. Um, it should be a fun time. Wow. Okay. Last question for you. What is what was, what's been your favorite spot to go to? Like one of those 
tournaments early in November. I mean, you've been to the Bahamas. Yeah, Hawaii, Maui. Maui. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would have said Atlantis I like, too. The difference, too, the the, the X Factor here, we're talking X Factors, is um, my wife got to go to the Hawaii trip. And, you know, (laughs) going to Atlantis was okay, but you're around a bunch of families, and everybody seems to have someone to hang out with. And once the games are done, you know, you're you're kind of alone and fend for yourself, and it's Thanksgiving. You know, I remember eating Thanksgiving in a... uh, Chinese restaurant in the on the Atlantis kind of campus there and it was just kind of like wow it's 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 lonely you know so absolutely so uh, Maui was great though I mean there's no place like Hawaii and and that tournament was good too and and uh so it was it was fun that's probably my my favorite so far nice I gotta try to get SB Nation to uh if if Matt Brown is hearing me uh Matt if you have any budget to send someone down to the Bahamas this year I'd gladly take some warm weather but uh what we're gonna do real quick We'll play the Nate Reavers interview, talking about him gaining weight. Yes, I do reference T-Rex Arms because he talks about bench pressing and him, uh, some of the guards having more success just because they're less lanky than him. And so we joked about our lanky arms. And Did he talk about it all? What he, like his his eating? No, well, I no, he didn't tell me. I just started because I talked to him in September, and he um, he talked about getting up every day and eating. Um, five eggs i believe and a half pound of bacon or a quarter pound oh of bacon gosh. yeah it's, it was some ridiculous amount i had to check my wife's a dietitian i had to check with her to see if, is that even physically possible yeah. or was he pulling my leg and she's like it's not healthy but it's possible so that was that was part of his routine just to get more carbs and of course right. he'd eat more protein shakes during the day and stuff but he just basically stuffed himself full of food and made me sick to write about oh god no oh gosh like yeah. i can only imagine man like i mean granted like during the holidays i can throw it down pretty well but right. i mean like special occasions or, yeah was it was it raw eggs though was it raw eggs or was it full eggs? did I you do the rocky routine he, no i feel like it was like you know because he, he cooked he said so I, th- I think he like you know i'm assuming he did them over easy or something gotcha yeah. gotcha well uh we'll play the interview and we'll take it home from here uh here's nate reavers here on bucky's fifth podcast uh we're with nate reavers and We'll put on a little bit of muscle uh, during the offseason. How is the offseason condition for you and working through everything? Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Um, being able to hit PRs pretty much every week in the weight room. It's really fun. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you hit- I mean, some people think lifting's really hard, but you know, when you're hitting new numbers, you almost it's almost fun because you want to push yourself every time. Be like, can I really get one more or rep on this bench or put on five more pounds, see if I can get it? Oh, I'm saying I'm trying to get back into shape. I got dad, stay-at-home yeah. dad life right now, so I got I got to stay in shape instead of eating all the kids' chicken nuggets. But it's uh, when it comes to that, I mean, what are you what are you doing? Like, uh, what what are the main lifts that you guys do when it comes to that? Um, so in the summer, we usually lift in about four times a week. We always had the weekends off, and then we have like a tempo run, just kind of like conditioning on Wednesdays, flush out your legs a little bit, and we do some other conditioning stuff too. But uh, so we like bench, we have bench rest days, like back squat days, uh, deadlift days, and uh, other stuff. I mean, obviously there's other stuff mixed in on those different days. And there always be like some Olympic lifts. There's a lot, we usually go for about an hour, 20 minutes. Yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, as a taller player, I mean, I, I, have, I feel like I have lankier arms, but yeah. for you taller guys doing a bench press, oh, going yes. all the way down or squat, it's I tough. mean, you guys are, you know, you're almost like feet. Some of the point guards, they think they're stronger than those bigs. Like, <laughs> Trevor always thinks he's stronger than Ethan because he can do pretty much maybe a little bit more, but he's got those little short, stubby arms. He's only going <laughs> right there. Or Ethan has like the same arm length as me, he's going all the way down. Yeah. Uh, I know, I have friends like that too where they're just, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, your arms are like six inches shorter. The best, like, 
guys you need the most benchers in the world. They're just going like yeah, exactly. right there, right Congrats, up. you got T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this season, like, how are you? How are you approaching the season? You know, I got a lot of playing time last year. Just yeah. what are things that you? I mean, obviously, you, I know you want to improve on everything, but what are some of the key areas that you've seen development? Uh, you know, heading in, you know, with these past 15 practices, you um, know, yeah, just strength. So I'm able to hold my ground more in the post. So I mean, defensively, it'll be a lot better. Um, and offensively, I'm also bigger too, so I can create more space. And then uh, I've gotten a little quicker. Uh, just working my ball handling better, putting the ball on the floor. Just getting everything better. So that way, this year I can be in a bigger role. Honestly, with that, I mean, how much, I mean, I know it may seem easy to say, but like when you have a little bit more weight behind you, uh, you know, you're a little bit stronger, so how much of a presence does that make on the inside and what you can do with creating that space? It's definitely different. Uh, Playing against guys like Nick Ward, Isaac Haas. I mean, even now, I'd probably still still be pretty tough, but it'd be a lot. It'd be easier. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a big, especially in a big league like the Big Ten. It's known for having just bangers in there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need it. How have you seen the team kind of grow in the past? You know, starting when practice first started to, to now, and how are you guys seeing yourselves develop? Uh, we were really shaky in the beginning. I mean, none of us have really played you know organized like that for a while I mean we did a lot of skill development in the summer not a whole lot of defensive focused stuff so now we just started doing that in practice when practice started and you know, people are getting blown by and like closeouts stuff like that and now it's starting to get a lot better and then just got to keep working and being able to talk to each other that way our defense is ready to go by the time the first game comes how much did you gain from like in terms of weight from last year this year like 20 25 pounds yeah and we're wrapping up here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Again, that was Nate Reavers, sophomore forward, and talking about the weight gains. And we're going to wrap up here with Jim, Jim Polzine, Wisconsin State Journal. You can find him at Jim Polzine WSJ on the Twitter. And what do you guys got going on with uh, big previews coming up, obviously? Season starts next Tuesday. I mean, you have your exhibition Friday, 7 p.m., Cole Center, BTN+. Plus. They'll play UW Oshkosh, and then next Tuesday, Coppin State, 7 p.m., BTN+. Plus. But what do you guys have going on there? Sundays, um, our, our section Sunday will include a special section, um, our annual special section. Um, and that's, you know, that's a pretty big, pretty thick piece. It's like, I want to say it's like 48 pages, maybe more. Oh, wow. um, we, uh, I did a, a feature story. The cover guy is Brad Davison. Um, I did a feature story on him, and then uh, you know I did a kind of a sidebar on the point guard situation. We talked about this, just how just having Trice back and adding Trevor Anderson and Strickland to the mix um, just gives it a different outlook. Whereas last year, you at one point really you had Brad Davison and, and really no no other great right. options. Um, so and then, and then we you know we preview every opponent. Um, Tom Oates has a column on Ethan Happ. He also kind of takes his usual look through the Big Ten on kind of the five different pieces of five, you know, the top five in different categories. Um, I did a little bit of a national storyline outlook. Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but I, I think that's it. I mean, I, it's, it's a lot of work that goes into that, a lot of copy editing work that, you know, the oh, guys yeah. behind the scene are doing right now and kind of finishing that thing up, but that comes out Sunday. So uh, I'm anxious for people to have a look at it. Yeah, I know I'll be reading it and I'll be checking it out. Everyone should be too, because uh, Jim obviously does great work, uh, one of the most respected beat writers on on the Badgers Stop. beat oh come on now <laughs> honestly like you're always great to talk to and chat with man uh thanks for coming on again brother yeah
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was a, you guys didn't see this, but yeah, we had a wire and my handshake was terrible. There, awkward but, handshake. Uh, awkward. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys all for uh, for tuning in. Next week, we won't be here at B-Rock because we, I will actually be down at the Cole Center for Coppin State, Wisconsin, to, uh, again, 7 p.m. But we'll have a, a podcast later this week on football, previewing Rutgers, talking some offers that, uh, that are going out and what's going on with Wisconsin football. And then uh, later next week, we'll have uh, some basketball, some football stuff, uh, previewing Penn State, and then also talking about what we saw the first game of the season for, for Badger basketball. So uh, for every for Jim, uh, this is Jay Kokorowski again. Again, go to B-Rock any, every time, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. They have Railbird Central coming on just a few minutes. Uh, and for those, check it out for so your Packers need. I mean, there's a lot going on with Packers talk right now. And then we'll catch you guys next week here on the uh, on Bucky's fifth podcast.